Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Every team has their own wrestler. But this is for wrestlers everywhere. Wrestle Hall. All right, welcome back to the new Mindset Monday podcast brought to you by Wrestling Mindset, the only wrestling-specific mindset training program anywhere in the world. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and make sure that you mention the Mindset Mike podcast when you sign up for your free trial session at WrestlingMindset.com. So this is Mindset Mike, and today I am joined by your uh, 2018 NCAA champion, Seth Gross of South Dakota State. Um, in addition to learning about his wrestling mindset, Seth kicks off our very important and very interesting series on the connection between faith and wrestling. So, Seth, welcome to the podcast, and uh, tell us about how the past few weeks have been for you since winning an NCAA title. Yeah, th- thanks for having me, and uh, excited to be here. And it's been a crazy couple weeks for sure. You know, I had a lot going on through a. Uh, you know, wrestling, getting some freestyle going and new coach changes and everything. So definitely been a hectic few weeks and got finals next week. So just to, just ready to be done with school and get fully focused on wrestling and everything. But, yeah, it's been fun. And, you know, it's an after after nationals coming home and just, just the community, everything was super cool. So it's been a fun few weeks. You know, when we had Machiavello and Ronnie Perry on, Mach was saying he was uh, the mayor for the day in his hometown. Did you get uh, any similar treatment to that? Oh, it's just, just, just yeah, everywhere I go, you know, everybody's congratulating and talking to me and saying how awesome it is. And yeah, like at our school, it was like the first national champ ever for division one in any sport. So yeah, it was a pretty huge deal in town and it's yeah, just super cool. That's great to hear. You know, I was speaking of South Dakota. I was just over in Florida with Logan Storley, uh, who fights out of hard knocks in Fort Lauderdale. Have you guys ever come across each other before? Yeah, it's kind of kind of funny you bring that up. I actually just talked to him for a while last night. Actually, I was out at the LFA fights, and I actually think I saw a couple of your guys there. But yeah, I was out at the UFC or MMA fights for LFA. I figured that you guys would have crossed paths. I meant to say something because I saw them going to South Dakota. Yeah, so like um, you probably saw Greg Jones wearing the martial arts mindset shirt, right? Yep, yeah, yep, pretty that's sweet. What it so, was, yeah, pretty yeah, Well, we, we work with the guys out there at uh, Hard Knocks. Greg is my partner for the martial arts side. And Logan was one of the first interviews that I did. We're just waiting to drop the martial arts podcast to release what he had to say. But, yeah, pretty small world. Did you enjoy the fights? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, I've only been a few before and got to sit pretty close to the cage and everything. So, yeah, it was news. That's awesome. So, tell me, you just got a new coach over there with Damian Hahn. Have you had a lot of interaction with him? And tell me about that. Yeah, a little bit. I've gotten to know him a little bit so far, and he seems like an awesome guy. Just fired up to, to you know, just get in here and keep this program moving in the right direction. And, uh, yeah, so he's been uh, in and out the last couple, about the last week, just with so many things going on with donors and trying to keep our recruits around and everything. So getting his family here. So he's been around a little bit. So gotten to talk to him a few times. But, you know, I'm excited. I think it's going to be good for the program and that we're just going to keep moving in the right direction. So it'll be good. And, uh you know, the guys are fired up about it on the team. At first, you know, they were a little skeptical. And 
down on things after Bono left, but it seems like awesome. everybody's so kind who of else body is on the staff now. now so it'll be Damien and who forward. else? Um, Cody Caldwell was he's staying on. He was already he was an assistant this last year, and he's staying on. And then I think the other uh, one of the other coaches is going to be announced pretty soon here, hopefully. Very exciting. Very very working exciting. on a lightweight okay. coach so still. Before we get started with some of uh, the questions regarding your faith, I wanted to start with some mindset questions overall, particularly, you know, talking about the NCAA tournament in this past season. So two matches that come to mind this year when I think of Seth Gross and neither of them are the NCAA finals. You know, the first match that every wrestling fan wanted to see you and Bryce Meredith made happen. I thought that was real gangster, real, real great for both of you guys, you know, to put, to put your, (laughs) to put you, especially as an undefeated wrestler, to put your record and to put, you know, what you had going I guess on the line to say uh, most people are worried about their records. They want to maintain that, that, that perfect season um, like you had, but what made you not care about it and just want to give the fans and also get the challenge to see where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the opportunity presented itself, you know, he tweeted at me and I tweeted back and people were fired up about it. And I was like, I mean, why not? You know, end of the day, it's going to make me a better wrestler. I mean, this, this is what, this is what's wrestling's really about. So, and I was like, why not go for it? I, don't, I mean, I got undefeated record to lose, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going to be better in the future. And ultimate goal is to, you know, be on the world team, make an Olympic team, and win, win an Olympic title. So, you know, with, I don't like backing down from anybody. And, you know, so so wanted to make it happen. And huge for just, like, two small programs like South Dakota State and Wyoming, just being in the spotlight for that, you know, really, really brought buzz to those programs and hopefully helps out with recruiting in the future. So, Really, it was a win-win situation for me, you know, just going up a weight. And, you know, people people thought it was awesome just that I did it and, you know, ended up coming out on the short side of things. And what I really liked what you had to say was your focus was not on the short term, was not on the records. It was not on the NCAA season. You saw it as an opportunity to get better as a wrestler as a whole because – your ultimate goal is what you're focused on, which is world and Olympic titles. And I think that perspective is something that is difficult for a lot of wrestlers to have. And one of the reasons that we're going to talk about the whole relationship between faith and wrestling is I think people that are deep in their faith have a tremendous amount more perspective. They wrestle for a bigger purpose. Wrestling doesn't define their life. So they're able to think very much on the long end of things versus getting caught up in the short end of things. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. 100% agree with that. So, you know, again, I, I, the wrestling world applauds you for what you did because one of the things that I was talking about was how the Chimizo article uh, about Jordan Burroughs that just came out, their rivalry kind of started and now ultimately their matchup started – from what the article says, based on you guys tweeting at each other. Uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel that your friendly, hey, let's make it happen for the fans, now started what could be one of the biggest rivalries in wrestling that will be highlighted at Beat the Streets? It's crazy. It's just crazy to think about that. Cause yeah, right after that match happened, uh, Burroughs tweeted, like, I'm inspired to do a super match now and kind of called out Frank a little bit. And that was right after that. So you know, crazy, crazy to think that, you know, we, we're going to make, we're going to be a part of making history happen here and being a part of making this super match happen that's going to go down as one of the greatest matches ever. So, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's just awesome. And, you know, man, if I had the chance again, I'd wrestle that match over and over and, you know, hopefully can do something like this again in the future. No, that would be that that would be really cool. So you guys had some crazy scrambles in that match and in general you get into a lot of scrambles, but you come out on top most of the time. How do you stay calm and focused when you're in bad position? Is there something that you tell yourself? Because obviously a lot of us at the highest levels, we train scrambling a lot now. It's not something that's just one what one or two guys do. We all train it, but you're so calm and composed in sometimes what would appear terrible position. What do you do? Again, do you tell yourself something? Do you, how do you stay relaxed in those difficult situations? Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely yeah, a mindset thing where, like, if I'm going through a scramble, like, I'm going to keep wrestling. And even if two is given, I'm going to keep wrestling. And if I give up the takeout, I'm going to get up, get away, and 
saying I can get back in and score my points later than that if I give up two points here or there because I'm going to score 20 points or something like that. Like, you know, so I just keep I get in those positions. I'm going to wrestle hard. And, you know, I felt out a lot of different scrambling positions from being there a lot. You know, so I, I know a lot of things from certain positions, but even, even when I'm in bad position, but it's, it's just more of, you know, not being scared to get scored on. Like, who cares if I get scored on right now? I'm going to escape from this guy. I'm going to take him down and eventually I'm going to get on top and get the turns and stuff. So it's just not, not stop wrestling through those positions and just never, never concede two points until, you know, until the ref calls it. I think the most important thing that you said is not being afraid to score on, uh, get scored on. So, you know, the, we have four principles in wrestling mindset. I'm thankful for the opportunity to wrestle. I'm aggressive and relentless, and I have no fear of losing and making mistakes, and I'll never, ever give up. So number three, having no fear of losing or making mistakes, that causes a lot of problems for people. You see a lot of people winning or losing tight matches because they're afraid to make a mistake versus, you know, taking more chances. So what if you get taken down? Like you said, you're going to score 20 points anyway. Jason Ulf said the same thing, not to compare you to anybody else, but to say that at the highest level, guys aren't afraid to give up a little because they're going to get a lot. So when he got taken down twice in the Big Ten finals, not this year, the year before, they asked, you know, hey, man, you got taken down twice. What was up with that? And he said, oh, I'm not really afraid of getting scored on. I'm just going to get up and score on him again. So just being focused on scoring the next point. So being that, if that's your focus, obviously, you like putting up a lot of points. What is your goal? What is your focus on mindset-wise when you wrestle? What is what is your mindset going into your matches? Yeah, just kind of let it fly. And I know, you know, condition is one thing. You know, I really work on, you know, being the best shape I can possibly be in. So every time I go out there, I don't have to hold back. So I know I'm not, I can wrestle seven minutes hard and not get tired. So... I'll go out there and just, you know, let it fly. And I know at some point in the match it's going to present, present itself where I can, you know, either pin the guy, put him on his back, you know, get to my stuff. And, you know, like like we were just talking about, he takes me down, I'm going to be back up and out and getting on him. And just just never stop it and putting up as many points as I possibly can and just getting in situations because, you know, 75% of the time, you know, by second period, third period, you know, even if it's close at that point, it kind of starts opening up there. And that's when I kind of get a lead on these bigger leads on these guys and start opening up the matches. I gotcha. So second match that I think of when I think of Seth growth this season is I think of your overtime match with Tariq Wilson. Talk us through that. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was a crazy match. And yeah, it was a little off my game there. and Gave up, you know, obviously those two early takedowns. And, you know, but you got to keep wrestling through that. Ended up getting a reversal right at the end to be 4-3 in that first period. And um, he, he he was a little bit of a matchup, good matchup with me, and had a good matchup style for me. And uh, just when he got my leg, he was able to get in the air and kind of long enough to wrap his whole leg around my leg when he was finishing it. So it really eliminated any of my scrambling and stuff. And uh, you know, so he, I know he uh, scored five takedowns in regular time. So so that was a little, a little bad on my part, but you know, it's four three after the first and. Uh, I knew, I, I knew he, he struggled a little bit off bottom, so I took top position and got to my turns and stuff, scored a couple points there. And, uh, ended up, uh, he got a bunch more takedowns on the third period of 10-10, and uh, he didn't think he won the match, and it was, uh, he knew, or he thought he won the match already, so he was kind of like celebrating a little bit, and I knew, knew it was 10-10 overtime, so I kind of sprinted over to the line and got ready to go and kind of, kind of just uh, tried to be ready to go and not think of what I was going to do a little bit, and I knew... And I couldn't let him get to that or get that single leg in the air. So he shot in on that same single leg again. And I was able to make the adjustment to kind of uh, get my knee to the mat instead of, you know, letting it get in the air and trying to, trying to just, just scramble out of it. So I got my knee to the mat. And then I actually did uh, just a little hip tip that I've been actually hitting pretty much all year. I've probably changed four or five guys in it before that. So, you know, I felt that position a lot. So as soon as, soon as I got that knee to the mat and was able to hit that, you know, I, had, I knew I had him there. So. Yeah, it was definitely a crazy match, and it's a relief when that match was over. For sure. So a couple questions about that match. He had a lot of momentum coming into that match. I don't know how much you followed the tournament, um, but he obviously did have a lot of momentum coming into that match. Did, did that affect how you performed at all? I think, yeah, I think I kind of, and I sat around a lot that day, kind of overthinking the match, like, oh, how is he beating all these dudes? You know, this guy's unseated, and. You know, kind of overthought things and maybe put a little more pressure on myself than, you know, I usually do. And I think that kind of got to me. And, 
you know, kind of warm mentally. And then when I went out there, you know, I couldn't get my legs moving and stuff like I normally do. And kind of let, kind of let some outside factors just affect me that I shouldn't have. And yeah, I think that's when just seeing his momentum, you know, attacking Cade Brock and, or not attacking, I'm majoring Cade Brock and beating up on some pretty good dudes with rounds before and stuff kind of, kind of had me thinking a little bit too much. So that, that, that was, my part of the work on and that's what I kind of did to the finals. I kind of made mental adjustments that I needed to. We talk a lot about the fan mentality and the hype and people think that just because you're one of the best wrestlers that you don't fall victim to the same things that beginning wrestlers fall victim to, like nerves, like getting caught up in the hype. And this is an exact proof that it doesn't matter who you are, everyone can fall victim. The chant, the the hero and the coward, they feel the same thing. The difference is how they react to it. So even though initially you struggled with it, like the champion that you are, you made adjustments. Like the true champion you are, you made mid-match adjustments. I think that's reflective on the highest level that the champions of champions don't just make adjustments throughout the day. They make a cha- they make adjustments in the middle of the match between where he was hitting that single on you in the beginning of the match, you knew that come overtime, you needed to make an adjustment and you did. So uh, the hype was my first question. Second question, you you got taken down twice. Uh, How did you reset yourself to be able to take a deep breath and realize, hey, I got three full periods? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm used to that. I've been in that position a few times, you know, even at the big 12 tournament, you know, I got got taken down first and, you know, just, just, Always what we've, been, what we've been talking about, you know, you got to believe, like, I believe that I can wrestle seven minutes harder than anybody I wrestle, so, you know, that's the game plan, and, you know, I know that you just got to exploit their weaknesses, and I knew he wasn't very good on bottom, and I needed to figure out how I was going to find a way to get in the top position, and I knew he was going to try to ride hard on top, so I had to get out and uh, get my escapes quick, and uh, so I just, just made sure I focused on just doing what I did, do, do good out there, and make sure I'm getting to my positions, and you know, being down four one, you know, we got we got five more minutes to wrestle, so I got plenty of time to get back in the match and score my points. Absolutely. Now, I found this interesting, and you commented on it as well. He felt like he won the match, and he was excited, and then realized that he didn't. You knew immediately that he did it, and regardless, you knew that you had another. You know, you put your toe on the line, you're ready to go. Do you think that maybe he had a momentary lapse between feeling like he won the match to crap, I still have more time to go, and you kind of capitalized on that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, when you think, you know, you're kind of a little bit celebrating and you think you won the match and you have to step back on that line and wrestle some more, you know, that definitely definitely throws you off a little bit. And I think that, you know, you know, maybe if he hadn't known that, it would have been different or, you know, it would have been different positions with it. Maybe I'm going to double overtime, who knows, but, you know, he, he kind of had probably that mental lapse quick, and it, it, I'm pretty good at, you know, kind of knowing what the score is and everything, and keeping track of that in my head, so I knew, you know, I just got to get out there and know it's overtime now, and, you know, when you see a guy standing on the line, and you're, he, he, I think in a couple interviews, said he's exhausted at the end of that match, but, I mean, when you see a guy standing on the line ready to go, and you're exhausted, you know, that, that really absolutely so you seem to face adversity and bounce back stronger in 2016 you were 26 and 14 losing in the blood round bounced back to a 34 and 2 uh following season losing to uh Corey clark in the finals so after coming up short again you came back with an undefeated season outside of your loss to bryce what do you attribute to your ability to bounce back from adversity um, I think it's just using using that stuff to drive you to be better. And I know they, you know, getting second uh, to Corey Clark that year with the man doctors on the worst seance ever. You have to have a, you have to have a short memory about that stuff. Keep moving forward, but you also, you know, on those days where you're tired or those days you don't feel good in practice, you know, remembering exactly how you felt that day. Kind of putting that's something that kind of pushed me day in and day out. You know, if I'm getting exhausted and you know, coach yells out. Remember why you lost the national finals or that third period that got you beat? You know, that stuff that, you know, makes you want to work 10 times harder and all of a sudden you got all this energy out of nowhere. Got the second wind in practices and, you know, just using that and learning from it, you know, instead of, I know a lot of kids when they're young and wrestling, you know, when you lose, you just think it's the end of the world and, you know, you just got to learn something from everyone and move forward. And we talked about this too, it's just, 
the end of the day, I want to be an Olympic champ one day. And like, really, what does it matter if I lose right now? Once I reach my my final goal, it's just a stepping stone. And so that's kind of the way I look at it. Absolutely. I think what I take away from that, too, that a lot of wrestlers miss is the fact that they don't address it on a regular basis. They they think that they learn from it in the week after, and they're like, all right, I'm going to do things different going forward versus reminding yourself on a daily basis. So when we talk about mindset training, there are some things that we encourage wrestlers, hey, when we do this workshop about a reset button or when we do this workshop about a pre-match routine, we can do it today. But if you only talk about it today in the next couple of days and you don't practice it every day or a couple times a week or on a regular basis, if it's not in your mind, if you're not doing mental reps, you're not going to be able to learn the lessons and carry it forward to apply it when you need versus you said when you would get tired, you would remember how it felt to lose in the finals, probably the same thing to lose in the blood round. And I think that's something that wrestlers and coaches, we need to reemphasize to these guys to remember that you don't just learn a lesson today. You learn this lesson and you reapply it on a regular basis. Otherwise you don't learn. That's why we always talking about doing mental reps. So speaking of bouncing back from adversity, there's something that happened to you back when you were a freshman that I don't think a lot of people know about that changed your life. You started your career at Iowa, but that was cut short due to what you said, you know, a few bad decisions on one night. And I asked you ahead of time if it would be okay to share what happened and you were more than willing to talk about how you learned from the experience. So can you share about what happened, how that changed the direction of where you were at in your life, how that changed you and your faith? Um, and, you know, a couple other things, uh, I'm just going to mention all the, the, the little bullet points here that I want to talk about with this. Uh, in, in the midst of when this happened, people were questioning your faith. Um, and ultimately, it did lead you to South Dakota State. So, again, if you could share what happened, how it changed you, your faith, how people questioned it, and how it brought you to SDSU. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, yeah, I was at. I was my freshman year. I was redshirting that year, and everything was pretty, pretty much going according to plan, going great, and had a pretty good uh, redshirt season. I was about sixteen and four, something in that ballpark, and uh, things were going well. I mean, I was pro progressing in the room, doing better against some of the starters and starters and stuff. And uh, just one night, I ended up uh, right after it was actually the last day of our regular season. Me and a bunch of the redshirt freshmen just went out and. You know, in high school and uh, college, I try, try to stay away from drinking and stuff. And, uh, you know, it uh, kind of just fell into it that night. And, you know, didn't say no that night like I should have. I uh, ended up drinking and getting intoxicated. And then ended up leading the bad decision on me and a few uh, other guys on the team. Um, just going out and just screwing around and going into people. You just unlock cars, taking random little things. And, you know, just, just doing stupid stuff that we shouldn't have done. And, Ended up getting caught doing that, and we got kicked off the team right after that. And, uh, you know, just crazy, just like how, how good things were going. Then all of a sudden, boom, I'm kicked off the team. I got to tell the brands what just happened. All this stuff, you know, it all, all came flooding in at once. And, uh, you know, my, my Twitter handle is still the same then. I was God's dressed, but I think it was 141 then, because I was 141 pounder. But, you know, Twitter handle is still the same, and I'm still trying to live my life with God. And, you know, after that happened, uh, you know, everybody was kind of just, wow, when he calls himself God's wrestler and all this stuff. And, you know, they really ridiculed me for that. And, I mean, I mean, I, I think I deserved it a little bit, you know. I mean, doing the things I did was unacceptable, especially when I'm trying to glorify God's name and stuff. So, after that, I was really down on myself. And after, you know, getting kicked off and everything and just, just hearing everybody, like, just talking around campus and stuff, people make remarks to me about it and everything. And so it really started getting to me. And so I decided, you know, I got to get out of here. It's best for me if I just, you know, get a fresh start, you know, go home. So I ended up uh, finishing out the semester there. Another uh, big part of the story that a lot of people, I mean, I haven't really talked too much about is uh, – Within a week of all this happening, one of my best friends from uh, high school actually uh, ended up committing suicide. And that was, I mean, on top of all that, that really just crushed me. And I, I really never been to such a low point in my life. So I ended up moving home and I, I couldn't even think about wrestling at that time. You know, I just, I didn't even know what I was doing day to day. So I, I moved home and got a job and just started working. I worked at Target selling telephones and 
wasn't working out. I was just completely away from the sport. I was I was working, eating, and you know, I ended up putting on quite a bit of weight and kind of kind of let myself go there in a lot of different ways. And just just from what people were saying to me, I let it get to me and all that. And you know, lucky enough, you know, uh, my family stayed on me and stuff. After that summer, I kind of sat down with them. They're like, do you, do you want to give wrestling another chance? Do you want to? What do you want to do? Do you just want to go to school? I guess you have an education is what they're telling me. You know, they know I love wrestling more than anything. And, you know, they pushed me to, you know, at least give it one last try. Because one one big thing I had is, you know, you know, I always wanted to be a D1 wrestler. And uh, pretty much every school I tried to talk to, you know, was I talked to Minnesota for a while, talked to you and I. And none of these D1 schools were letting me in. So that's kind of why I kind of gave up on wrestling for a little bit of time. and. How it ended up happening is, you know, that whole summer, I was just kind of not doing anything and kind of fell away from God and everything and just wasn't doing much. And I was actually sitting up at my uh, aunt's cabin one weekend and we just kind of all sat down, my parents, my aunt, and a couple other people in my family. And they were just like, hey, like, we need, you need to give this one more shot, you know, reach out to as many schools as you can, see if anywhere will take you. And that's pretty much what I did. I shot a bunch of emails out and uh, I ended up sending one to Coach Bono and within probably five minutes we sent an email to him. He, he messaged me back and was like, hey, we want you. Like, come down here, check it out and uh, let's figure this out. And so, you know, that's I, I went down there actually the next day and, you know, that that point and when I was in Bono's office, probably, probably one of the big points of like change, just moving forward and changing the momentum of my life was, you know, when I stepped into his office, you know, he looked me in the eye and just said, you know, be honest with me right now. Tell me exactly what happened. Tell me what you want to do. And you're honest with me and tell me that this will never happen again. You know, we're going to have, we're going to let you come here and give you a chance. So I told him exactly what happened and told him, you know, this is, that was a one time mess up, you know, nothing like this will ever happen again. And he's like, all right, let's do this. And, you know, I jumped on board there and, you know, throughout this all, I kind of kind of slipped away from my faith a little bit. And just, I think, people ridiculing me and my friend Pat and, and you know, that stuff. And thinking, you know, that I'm never going to get to wrestle in the sport I love again. And um, it kind of just had me falling away from God for a while there. And then uh, once I got into South Dakota State, I really, uh, you know, my parents were praying for me this whole time. And, you know, I started getting involved in my Christian stuff again. And talked to a lot of people and I mean I realized that you know this is after getting to know everybody and at the place I was at you know maybe I wasn't where it should have been and I wasn't it's all part of God's plan and started started looking things in more in a positive way and uh you know that God God really never left me and I can't blame him for a stupid mistake I made like it wasn't his fault I chose to do that and uh it was on me so I kind of just uh kind of regroup there and really realize that God's got a plan for everything and that, you know, you might not realize it in the moment. It might seem like it's the end of the world and that that it's over for you and stuff, but it, it isn't. You just got to keep believing and keep, keep your faith and just, just believe that things are going to work out for the better. And, you know, I, I kind of gave up on that. And that, that's one thing looking back that, you know, kind of disappointed myself that I didn't see that sooner is that, you know, it's all part of God's plan and ended up, you know, since I got to South Dakota, it's been the best experience of my life. Just the people here, coaches, the community, everything is, you know, I definitely 100% think that God, God wanted me at South Dakota State and that this is the place that he wanted me to be at to, to wrestle for them and just to be able to give the glory back to God and everything. So. I think, um, you know, a lot of things that people mistake about being a Christian, people think that it's about always making the right decisions and it's, and it's not, you know, people were, we're, we're, all, we're all sinners. The whole purpose of being a Christian is that once you're saved, then you, you can be forgiven and you can move forward. I think the hardest thing that people realize is they could talk about, oh, let me trust in God's plan, but you got to trust in his timing. And we have difficulty trusting in timing. We see, we go through these difficult times, especially as a young kid, that's a lot to handle. You know, your whole life just essentially turned over before your eyes. And then in the midst of that, you lose one of your best friends in a tragic situation. Your life gets turned upside down. That's, that's a hard thing for anybody to deal with, but how is it? 
how did ultimately the faith that was ingrained in you, how did that help you overcome what has broken many, 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 not just athletes, many wrestlers in our sport have had something difficult happen in their career and then you never hear from them again. So what was it about your faith that allowed you to overcome that? Yeah, I think a big thing is just, you know, the the people that God's put in my life, just through my my family and uh, friends and everything through that time, you know, they, they never left my side. Them pushing me and praying for me constantly and just, just telling me that, you know, a year from now you're not even, you're not going to remember how bad it was today. You know, it's going to get better. And just them praying for me constantly and keeping me rooted in my faith and stuff like that is huge. And I think that's really what helped me get through without that, without that support system. You know, I, I could have done it on my own. And, you know, it's, I, I give them a lot of credit for me, for me continuing my wrestling career at all. So, you know, that, that's one thing that helped me. And another, another big thing is, uh, you know, while I was at Iowa, I think I was too much focused on wrestling, 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 where I almost was forgetting about my faith there. And I think that's why God did this to me. And he brought me here and he's like, hey, remember that I'm supposed to be the center of your life. Remember that it's for me. You know, you're supposed to be giving me the glory and living your life for me, not for wrestling. And I think when I got put through that situation and ended up here, that I really started to realize, you know, focus on God first, everything else is going to take care of itself. You know, we have, so you know, we, we, we hear people talk a lot about, you know, how their second, that you wrestle to glorify God. That's something that we're going to talk about, you know, in the rest of the podcast about how wrestlers that are deep in their faith, they wrestle for purpose. Uh, wrestling doesn't define you. You're how you glorify God and the, the vehicles through which you do so. That's what defines you. So you're able to handle losses better. You're able to handle adversity better. People who's who are not who are defined by wrestling, they handle shortcomings in wrestling or in life tremendously different. They're able to have a lot of perspective. And again, we'll we'll talk about that here in a minute. And just one more thing before we move forward, you know, I found a flow article from back when this happened and you were quoted saying, God was trying to say to me, you can't be mad at me. You have to believe in my plan. Eventually I was like, you know what? You're right. There are a lot of people who were dealing with a lot worse things. Again, perspective. And you realized I made a stupid mistake. It's something I'm going to have to use as motivation, something you've also said. And you said this wasn't God, uh, God's fault. And then you talked about how you started going to church, started to pray more. So when you were able to get back to your roots, I feel like faith is something where those that compete deep in their faith, they have strong, strong roots so that when things go wrong, they always have their faith versus if your life is centered around wrestling, when things go wrong in wrestling, you look around, you're like, I, I, I don't have anything without wrestling. I'm nothing. So I think we saw that in a lot of people this year. I think we saw a lot of people. I'm not questioning anybody's faith, but you could definitely tell people that were deep in their faith that struggled and were able to maintain perspective versus maybe let's take some people whom I have no idea where their faith is, but take some people that when they struggled during the season, some of the more successful wrestlers they crumbled and I don't think you see that with people deep in their faith um, and but I, I, and to wrap that up I think you know you see guys like Kyle Snyder losing to Adam Kuhn and maybe putting a little bit too much into the hype at the Penn State duel that was exactly what he needed he bounced back immediately had a successful season you see Mark Hall lose in an NCAA finals match and within minutes is cheering first one to hug Bo Nickel. That's what I think faith can do is give you such a deep perspective that when things fall, it's you're able to much easily use it as motivation because your roots go way deeper. So to move forward, um, there's a lot to be said about the connection of faith and wrestling. A lot of great wrestlers and coaches are notably deep in their faith. Like I said, Kyle Snyder, Kale Sanderson, Zane Rutherford, Tom Ryan, to name a few outside of yourself. Um, Michael Fessler wrote a book about this connection that a lot of people have been talking about. What do you feel is the connection between a competitor's faith and maybe these competitors' faith, maybe your faith and your success in wrestling? What has your faith contributed to your success in wrestling and why? Yeah, I think the big thing, I mean, you hit it a little bit, but, like, uh, 
is when wrestling's your whole life, it's like I lose the match at the end of the world, or you know, wrestling's taken away from me at the end of the world. Like when that happened to me, I thought it was the end of the world. And obviously, faith was the first when I was thinking that. And when faith is faith is the number one thing, it's like I lost a wrestling match, you know. But so what? So what? It's, it's wrestling. There's, you know, you got your, you got amazing family, you got you got friends, you got God. I mean, still got a good life without wrestling. So. Someone who I forgot to mention, shame on me, is Jordan Burroughs. You know, Jordan Burroughs is very, very much a, an advocate of his faith, open an open advocate of his faith. Loses in the Olympics, and when they interview him, he's like, obviously, I'm disappointed. You know, he's in tears. I'm, I'm disappointed, but I got a God that loves me. I got a family that loves me. And I think very few people can probably, unless they are rooted in faith, can handle something like that to, to underperform and struggle at the Olympics the way that he did, and then immediately focus on well, you know what, life is so much bigger than wrestling. Yep. So, I've spent yeah. a lot of time around people in our sport that are deep in their faith, and it seems to me, like I said, what it brings among many themes is a deeper purpose in competing. You compete to glorify God, not just to win. You're able to bounce back from adversity because wrestling doesn't define you. I talked about Mark Hall. Um, I'll also mention Jack Mueller, who will be one of the next guests in our you know, Value of Faith in, in Wrestling podcast series. I ran into Jack at B-dubs after he lost this year. And you know, I said, hey man, um, you had a great season. I know it wasn't what you wanted, but you're going to do so many great things next year. And there's so much more that you have to offer this sport versus, you know, than just winning. And what he said to me was very much reflected on what he put on his Instagram. I'm good. Wrestling doesn't define me. And again, I think you won't find people that aren't deep in their faith, like guys like you and Jack that can say that. So what is the importance of faith in your ability to maintain perspective, not just on the mat, but off the mat? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a huge part of my everyday life. And you know, I try to try to stay, you know, going to church, going to Bible study, getting involved with uh, just stuff on campus and stuff like that. And, you know, mm -hmm. just, just staying in the word and, you know, knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, we're all going to, you know, our lives are going to end. You know, everybody's going to die one day. And I think that it's important that everybody knows, you know, where they're headed after that. And I think that's one big thing is uh, I want to use wrestling, use my platform to, to at least give as many people the opportunity to hear about God. You know, you know, there's a lot of people throughout the whole entire world that don't get that opportunity in their life to even hear about God. And, you know, that's, that's something that me personally, I can make a difference. You know, if I make a difference in one person's life, you know, that's huge and you know if I can show one person God that's important and uh, you know if I go out there and lose a wrestling match and act act like a jerk to people and just them all mean after I lose you know and don't give like I think one big thing for me before every every single match I pray and I just say you know no matter what win or lose I just pray that I can give all the glory to you Lord and that's one thing I say because you know it's tough and in the moment you know after a loss it's it's, it's hard to you know, act the way Jordan Burroughs did after he lost. You know, it's hard to act that way because, you know, in the moment there's a lot of emotions going through you and anger, you know, sadness, and it, it's tough. So I definitely think, you know, just, just to me, I like to look at it, you know, I just want to use my platform because I think it's more important that I show somebody God than me winning a, winning a wrestling match. Absolutely. So we've mentioned it a couple of times. Your Twitter handle is God's Wrestler. So tell us how that got started. Um, yeah, I mean, I just I had a Twitter account for a while, and uh, you know, I was just I don't even know what my Twitter name was. I think it was just my name to start out, and you know, I kind of I was pretty. I mean, went to church all the time, and you know, and I started getting a little bit of following on the Twitter and stuff, and tweeting a lot, and so I was like, you know, why not use this platform of Twitter to you know get God's name out there even more. So I changed to God's wrestler and, uh, you know, just so every time somebody sees, you know, that I tweet, they'll be like, oh, God's wrestler, maybe I'll, maybe ask them about a faith or something like that, you know, just start a conversation. And I think that people seeing that, you know, it makes them comfortable to say, hey, you know, like, tell me a little about your faith. Tell me, like, 
what, like how, how, how does it affect your life and stuff like that? I'm really glad you said that because, you know, I've, I've tossed this thought process around a couple times and, and, you know, I've, I've always debated on like, you know, what's the, is it right or wrong to think or feel this way? But you, you've said a lot how wrestling is going to be like your vehicle, your platform. Uh, Kyler Sanderson said very similar, the same thing. You know, he coaches, coaching is his platform to not just glorify God, but bring more young men closer to God. And to talk about, um, you know, I think seeing guys like you, seeing guys like Jordan Burroughs, seeing guys like Zane Rutherford, Jason Nolf, you know, all of these wrestlers that you can very clearly see their life is centered around God. Um, I think it humanizes religion. Religion to some people is everything. Religion to some people is nothing. Religion to other people is on the fence. And they're kind of, it's almost like, it's almost like, you know, call, call it what it is. It's, it's almost taboo to some people. You, you, it's, it's, it's not the cool thing. You know, I think, and again, I'm just going to call it like it is when guys that are in your position and Kyle Snyder and Jordan Burroughs, you make, real, you make faith cool. And when I say that, I don't mean it in a gimmick. I mean it in exactly like what you said. You make it okay to be proud of your faith. So we, we actually have a spiritual strength program. I don't know if you've ever been on the spiritual strength Mondays, um, but Gene has a Facebook Live. He does, I think, like every night Eastern, uh, every Monday at uh, 9 or 10 Eastern. And one of the things they talk about, you know, wrestling, we talk about the predator-prey mindset. And in the spiritual strength, we talk about the predator-prey mindset. You know, people are embarrassed to pray in public. People are embarrassed to openly talk about their faith. Um, though, again, I'm not talking about the people that – just go to church on Sundays and, you know, punch in and punch out. I'm talking about maybe the people that are deeper in their faith, but don't want to openly share. And again, the moral of the story is I feel like in our sport of wrestling, guys like you and the other ones that I mentioned, they make it okay to not just be Christian, but to be open, proud, and uh, opinionated about it. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, I definitely agree. And I mean, just bringing that up, like, I remember, you know, being little, and uh, we'd be at wrestling tournaments, and my dad would kind of grab me and pray, like, right in front of everybody before my matches, and, you know, a little kid like that, and all my friends, you know, didn't necessarily have the same faith I did, or didn't go to church, you know, I kind of thought I was weird, and I'd act like I wasn't, like, I'd kind of open my eyes and stuff, and, like, I don't know, just act like maybe I wasn't praying sometimes, and just because, you know, at that age, I mean, it is. I mean, it's hard for people, and it's it's something like a lot of people feel like they should be ashamed of, and I think that's one big thing that, you know, throughout that whole situation that I realized, like, there's so much more important things than, than these, these earthly things, and, you know, why, why should I be ashamed of, of God who's given me, given me all my talents, you know, given me a house, a family, you know, everything he's given me everything in my life i mean why, why should i be ashamed of that if anything i should be you know ecstatic to share that every chance i get right exactly we're, we're, we're excited to talk about wrestling shoes we're excited to talk about you know our new car it, why can't we be excited to talk about how great our faith is and i see it in some people there are the people that are unrelentingly proud could care less what anybody thinks if they're sitting down you know, saying everybody's diving into their food, but that one person's waiting to say grace uh, for himself, regardless of whatever anybody else is doing. That all comes back to no different than what, you know, what I'll ask you in a quick second here is, you know, talking about the predator mindset. The predator mindset is I don't care what anybody else thinks. You know, in, in wrestling, that's I don't care about records and rankings, how big the guy is, what school he's from, whether we wrestled before, what if I get tired. I don't care about anything like that. But in life, we have to have a predator mindset, too. And if something's very important to us, we have to say it loud and proud. We can't be embarrassed about it. And again, guys like you are making being strong in your faith, for lack of a better word, cool. Not like a fad. This isn't Tamagotchis. It's making us it making it's making it be okay to embrace something that maybe not everybody shares your value, but it's so important to you that you want to share with them. So I, I think that's been pretty cool. And like you said, I think you've seen the, you, you've seen that happen as well. So Penn state and Ohio state, 
I've been around, you know, Tom Ryan was my club coach growing up. I watched him go through some really difficult times when he was younger and his family being around guys that have either wrestled in the Penn State program or, like I said, Kale's brother, Kyler, having picked his brain, these guys will all say that God is the center of their team, from coach to athlete to parent. It's a part of their recruiting process. It is a it is not uh, an optional thing for guys in that program. It is It is a staple to the culture that they have brought into it. What impact do you think – faith has had on these guys as a team when your whole team from top to bottom has God as the center of their life what what does that do for performance I think that just uh you know it brings you I think a big thing when competing as a team and doing that is like you know you compete for each other and especially especially when you all have the faith that you really you really grown tight and you're you know learn about God together and talk about your problems and issues that you might have and really just you know if you have that faith and that bond together and being brothers in christ you know when you go on that wrestling mat you're gonna want to fight extra hard for that person i think that that's a big thing you know you know training together is cool and all you know you still want to fight a little bit but i think that brings a little extra a little extra fight to the battlefield um, when you go out there so i think it definitely has a big impact i see a tremendous difference between all the teams that i've been a part of where we wanted to fight hard for each other, we cared about each other, but it's it's different than we than I see with some of these guys. And when I ask, you know, when I sit down with Brad Pataki, when I sit down with Kyler, and I ask, you know, what's about the 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 culture on this team? They're like these guys love each other, not just really like each other, not wanted to hang out on the weekends. They love each other. They love wrestling. The coaches love these people. All all good coaches we have you know, really great relationships with our kids. We do have a love for them. They said it's just different because the love runs deeper. And the only difference that I really see between Ohio State, Penn State, and let's say everybody else is from top to bottom. You know, God really is the center of their teams. You can have a lot of wrestlers that have, that are strong in their faith on the team, but truly from my perspective, I think, you know, God is the center of their team from the recruiting process to the individuals with to, to the way that they conduct themselves in their daily lives. So everything roots in deeper. So to give you an example, they were saying a couple years ago when Penn State won the team title, everybody was more excited about one of their walk-ons All-American than they were about the team title. It wasn't like they got together and say, hey, when all of you interview, make sure you talk about English uh, uh, all Americaning because that's really exciting. Every single one of them said the same thing. They were genuinely more excited that that happened than winning a team title. And I think, you know, that, that leads into the next question that I have is wrestlers that are strong in their faith tend to talk about gratitude, uh, thankfulness, opportunity. And that's been the highlight of what I've seen, you know, if, when Kale, who talks very little, when he does talk, he talks about gratitude. When I'm around people that have been impacted by him, they talk about gratitude. What is the value of gratitude at the high level of competition? And what is gratitude mean to you? Yeah, I mean, yeah, same, same thing for me. It's, you know, God gave me everything in my life and, you know, every chance I can, I just, you know, I'm blessed to be, I'm blessed to be able to wrestle. I'm blessed to be a part of such an awesome team here in South Dakota and be able to have all these brothers and meet all these awesome people. And, you know, it's just, you know, when you, I mean, when you have this faith, it's like, you know, God, you know, you're supposed to thank God for everything in your life. And, you know, that's one thing that you can never do enough is just say thank you. And uh, I think some people just kind of forget that, and, you know, forget that, that some people just get, get full of the hype and stuff and forget that, you know, they didn't do it on their own. And I think that's one thing, you know, I try to focus on it. You know, no matter how, how well I do in wrestling, you know, there's hundreds of people that helped me get there. There's a God that helped me get there, you know. It's, it's I mean, all these people helped me get, get to this point in my life. And there's absolutely no chance I could have gotten here without them. So, you know, I try to remember that and, you know, thank all these people. So I think that's, that's about it. This is awesome. So before we get into, you know, what I'm going to start calling our mindset quick fire, a list of a list of questions for you to spit off. 
what what else would you want to share with the wrestling community about the importance of faith in wrestling? If there was anything you you'd like to finish. Um, that's a good question. Uh, I'd just say, uh, you know, just don't be ashamed, and you know, just know that wrestling isn't everything in life. You know, you go out there, have fun with the sport, and try to be the very best wrestler you can be. Try to be the very best uh, Christian, or you know, have the best faith you can, and just just do do every everything you do, do it a hundred percent. You know, don't don't give anything less than that. You know, so I think that that's a big thing is uh, just all in and everything and you're going to have you know you're going to be happy with, with the results you know you're going to have results you can live with absolutely and one last thing before we get to the quick fire you were wearing an awesome t-shirt uh walking around at the ncaa's let's give a quick shout out to where that came from how you know that person and um you know just let 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 those other wrestlers that are deep in their faith where can they find it yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I was rocking. It says, uh, I wrestle for him, and it's got a little cross and a wrestler on the bottom of it. And uh, yeah, I wore that shirt right before I ran out for actually the Big 12 and the NCAA Finals. And uh, just, you know, another cool way to, you know, promote God and wrestling. And I think that's really cool. And it's actually, uh, you know, uh, one of my buddies that I wrestle with in high school is running that right now. And uh, so it's called uh, Wrestler Faith. And, you know, it's doing, yeah, just a good job of just promoting you know, our, our faith and just being able to wear, wear it on your shirt. And, uh, you know, it's just a cool thing. And I, I mean, I think it's awesome. So. I, I think it's cool. You know, we see what, when we think of people that are promoting the faith, we think of people that are going on missions that are knocking and, and the other ones that are knocking door to door. Um, you know, maybe people on TV. It's, it's great to see people that are ambassadors of the faith within our sport outside of wearing a T-shirt, but just guys like you, again, making it okay to be proud of something that runs so deep and to be honest is a competitive edge it's almost seeming like for wrestling so as we get into this mindset quick fire um we don't need to have a you know it's going to be a list of about nine questions and we're going to we don't have to get into deep conversation about it just kind of want to hear you know from you the short answer of of what these mindset questions uh relate to you so you ready yep okay so oftentimes we talk about um you know you got to know the thought patterns when you wrestle uh your best versus when you wrestle your worst you got to be able to if you want to have consistent outcomes you got to have at the bare minimum consistent thoughts consistent feelings and consistent behaviors so i'm going to read out some of the most common thought patterns when we wrestle our best tell me the two that are most important to you you wrestle your best. Seth Gross wrestles his best when he focuses on my moves. We treat all opponents the same. We have a consistent intensity. No special matches. I'm going to make him tired. I don't care what anyone thinks of me. It's just live wrestling. I don't care who's in front of me. This is a new match. What are the two most important that stuck out to you? Uh, probably just not caring who's in front of you, and then you're going to wrestle your match. Absolutely. So my ties are no ties, my position or no position, my pace or no pace, having that, having that laser focus. Um, what do you do to train your mindset? You obviously are very deep in your faith and that plays a lot of a role in how you handle yourself. What do you do outside of that to train your mind? I mean, a lot of praying, a lot of, I, I love, you know, listening to motivational speakers and motivational videos and just all that stuff. And, you know, big thing is just, you know, knowing why, you know, what I, why I'm wrestling. You know, I think that's a big thing. Is, you know, I'm doing it for a bigger purpose. And that's one thing I all that, that I think helps train my mindset is knowing why I'm doing it. I think, I think that's the key right there. So that's actually goal setting week one is what's your why? What's your purpose? Not what's your long-term goal. You're not wrestling to win an Olympic gold medal. You're wrestling to glorify God. And your goal is to win an Olympic gold medal to glorify God. So directly coming out of the worksheets. And, and again, the reason I ask is, is because a lot of the times we want to hear, you know, if there is something specific that you do that maybe other people can learn from. So in addition to motivation, something that's very important for you is always remembering your purpose. So I think that was great. Um, next up, pre-match routine. Very important to treat every match the same by warming up the same. Do you do something specific for your pre-match routine every single time? 
Yeah, I just try to kind of uh, break. I, I go through pretty much the same warm-up, and then I'll break a hard sweat. And about probably 20 minutes before a match, I'll finish up with some sprints. And then I, I like to just kind of sit down before my match, get relaxed, and get laser-focused. And I listen to a lot of Christian music and more of uh, just calming stuff. And then I just go out there and do my thing and say my prayer before I go out there. So, saying, so you do the same warm-up every single time. You finish it off with staying calm, relaxed, listening to music that uplifts you versus listening to think, maybe staying hyped the entire time, getting pumped, ready to go, you know, do serious battle and serious. So wrestlers, everybody's different, right? But it's all about having a balance. So for us at Wrestling Mindset, you know, we have four key elements, five key elements to a pre-match routine. Dynamic stretching, an element of fun, deep breathing, drilling and hand fighting, and then positive self-talk. So you got to know what your balance is, but studies show and anecdotal evidence, stories from guys like Seth, from Jordan, from Kyle, and great competitors, we compete best when we're relaxed. So focus more on getting your body ready and relaxing your mind versus trying to get so hyped that you almost come out and adrenaline dump yourself. That's what I get from that. So great. Greg Jones, like I said, he is a three-time national champion from West Virginia. He's one of my partners in the Martial Arts Mindset Program. We wrote an article together about how even at the highest level, it's okay to get nervous. Great guys get nervous. It's about what you do with it. So do you still feel like you get nervous before matches, and how do you handle it? Um, yeah, sometimes, you know, I, I try, you know, sometimes I don't, sometimes I do. But if I, if I ever get nervous, I just kind of, you know, I say my prayer, I try to calm down, I know. You know, as soon as soon as I get out there, you know, all that really kind of just goes away. So I just keep focusing. I kind of I like to visualize a lot what I'm going to do out there, and you know, I just visualize myself no matter what, kind of getting takedowns, pinning this guy. You know, no matter who it is, I'm visualizing getting a pin at some point in the match. So I think that's kind of a big thing that gets me over my nerves. Is you know, seeing it over and over and over in my head is me pinning this dude. Is you know, it's going to calm those nerves. For sure. So you're warming up the same way. You're visualizing success the same way. You're finishing off with the same prayer every single time. And you go out there, um, even if you feel nervous, you know that you're going out there with the same intentions every single time. Perfect. So predator prey, that's the crux of our program, right? I mean, that's one worksheet out of 60 that we actually do. But the... The idea behind it is that the predator mindset is not about being super aggressive. It's not about, you know, bloody lion memes on Instagram. It's about having a laser focus on your goal. Predator mentality, predator wrestlers don't care about records and rankings. They're not worried about who they're going to let down. They're not worried about whether it's the NCAA finals or, you know, some open, the Dactronics open first round. They treat every match the same, every opponent the same. You know, a lion treats a deer the same way, like a threat. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, the lion treats a deer the same way that it treats a tiger, like a threat. So, you know, how do you, how would you define what having a predator mindset means to you? Yeah, like you kind of touched on it, but yeah, definitely just, you know, not caring, you know, what what's going on around you and just focusing on exactly what you're doing. Like, doesn't matter where you are, who's stepping up against you, it's, it's the same thing, and you, you you know, you know, you got to put everything aside and focus on what you do best, no matter what, you know. I mean, basically just put put everything in your life, you know, at that time aside and focus on, you know, winning that individual match. Don't look ahead at your next opponent. Don't look behind it. If you wrestle bad your last match, just focus on the here and now and just go out there and get it done. Uh, Machiavello talked about, you know, how he, he has a mental coach and he talked about how, they they would always say, be where your feet are, right here in the moment. Not not five seconds ago, not five seconds ahead, not tomorrow, not yesterday. Be where your feet are, which which I liked. You know, with the predator mindset, we talk about focusing on what you can control. What do you think are the things you can control in a wrestling match? Um, you can tr- control, you know, getting to your offense. You can control, you know, just, I mean, just being, I mean, most thing is just, being prepared. I mean, the preparation's been done ahead of time, and uh, things you can tr- control once you get out there. Just hitting your techniques, and you know, wrestling hard, not not holding anything back. I think I think you, you you hit the key on it. So we say, you know, we say 
effort and attitude. So effort being wrestling hard. Just go out there, wrestle hard because the training is going to take care of itself. We talked about gratitude. What are the three things you're most grateful for? Uh, God, family, and friends. I mean, it's cliche, but if you listen to your podcast, that's exactly what the truth is. You know, uh, I think I, th I think people throw out those three things as just the, the the stereotypical responses. But if you listen to what you said, that's 100 percent true. What's your biggest regret outside of what happened at Iowa in your life? What's your biggest regret? Um, biggest regret is probably just not not really getting God's name out there early in my wrestling career, not using his platform or using the wrestling platform to give him the glory and you know being probably when I was younger being kind of ashamed to share share his word you know I think that's probably the biggest thing you know I never know how many lives I could have changed if you know I would have been more outspoken earlier on absolutely um so what's next we got the open coming up this next week uh how do you feel about yourself going into competition yeah I'm excited I'm excited you know don't get to do all too much uh freestyle with uh you know, college stuff going on and everything. So I'm just excited to get out there and compete in some freestyle matches again and um, just get some more, get some more match things. Cause you know, I already qualified for the world team trials for winning NCAA. So it's just, you know, go out there and get matches and learn and be ready to go with world team trials. For sure. And now, you know, you're, uh, you're part of a power couple, you know, you and Ronna Heaton been dating for a while. Um, so you guys have matching awesome kicks from, uh, my man Dodo, he made some killer, 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 killer shoes. Before I talk about Rana real quick, what was the inspiration behind those shoes? Um, actually, Rana kind of set it up with him in the first place. Uh, she was talking to some of the Adidas guys, and then they got in touch with Dodo, and, you know, they just thought something, you know, American, you know, we are going to do the American flag at first, and Dodo threw a couple ideas at us, and had the little constitution on the back and things like that, and, you know, ended up being, you know, really sweet, better than Definitely way cooler than I'd imagined, you know, so mostly thank Ron and Dodo for that one. They did a good, good job with that, he is. Yeah, so great job, guy. Uh, uh, great job, Dodo. You know, follow Dodo. Is it Dodo Loves the Kids? Dodo Loves Kids? What's his Instagram handle? Yeah, I think it's Dodo Loves the Kids, I think. Yeah, so Dodo's doing great things, partnering up with Adidas and if you've seen people with crazy, crazy designs on their shoes like Bryce and uh, Darian Cruz and uh, you saw Yanni get some as well. They're all coming from Dodo. So he's got a long wait list. But those of you that like to uh, get those those custom designs on your shoes, make sure to hit up Dodo. So, you know, tell me about, um, you know, just as a as a one little part of a of a fan. How did you and uh, how did you and your girlfriend meet? Uh, in the wrestling room at South Dakota State. <laughs> so, Funny. Yeah, so just, yeah, I just kind of ran ran into her at, uh, while she was just practicing with us all year. We didn't talk really much when when I first got here. And then, uh, you know, one day after practice, we were, like, playing basketball in the wrestling room with a couple other guys. And she ended up getting her phone number and stuff. And we started talking and hanging out and stuff. The and rest is history. Yeah. You know, what does she mean to you? What what's what's how, what's the what is what what is the, her relationship um, mean to you uh, on and off the mat? Yeah, she she's huge and she she helps me. She's one person you know that believes in me no matter what on those days where you know I'm not feeling great or you know mentally not doing doing the best. She's she's always uh, just positive about things and keeping me keeping me in line and stuff. And you know she's she's a huge part of my life and. Uh, I was happy to have met her, and you know she's 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 a hardworking girl, and you know ready she's about to make a world team this summer for senior level. I'm excited to watch her at the U.S. Open too. Yeah, if, you know, for those of you who don't know, she's already a world champion. So excited to see what is next for her in her career. So, lastly, the same question that I always ask is, what's your mental edge when you're when you compete? And you know, I would say. I would change that question for you, and how is faith your mental edge? Yeah, faith is just my mental edge because, you know, it takes that pressure off of uh, winning and losing. It, you know, puts it more on, you know, just being the best you can be and giving it up to God. Absolutely. So, Seth, I want to thank uh, I want to thank you for your time. I want to thank you for, you know, what you've done for the sport of wrestling, showing that you can – you can have a rough start. You can have bad things happen and bounce back and achieve – well beyond um, 
what many people would have done in your shoes. You could show that anything's possible. You've shown that it's cool to be a Christian. It's it's cool to be deep in your faith. It's cool to be passionate about anything and share it with the world and utilizing something else that you're passionate about wrestling to promote something else that you're passionate about, and that's your faith. So uh, obviously we know God's Wrestler 133 is how we find you on Twitter. How else can we find you for those that want to follow and contact you? Yeah, God's Wrestler 133 on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat. You can find me on all sorts of social media. Absolutely. So looking forward to you competing this week, looking forward to what you've got in store this next year. Um, Again, I'm thankful for the opportunity that we had to get a chance to talk together today. Um, Again, those of you listening, make sure that you – follow Seth on social media, contact him. He's obviously more than willing to talk to you about anything, whether it's wrestling, whether it's your faith, continue to follow his career. Make sure that you follow us next week. We'll release our next guest in our podcast for the importance of faith in wrestling. If you're interested in our mindset training program, make sure that you uh, go to wrestlingmindset.com and sign up for your free trial session. Mention this podcast and you'll qualify for something special. Uh, we give away a t-shirt for those of you that uh, you enter into a giveaway to give away a t-shirt for those of you that mention the podcast. Lastly, again, uh, Mindset Mike here. You can follow me on Twitter. Exactly that. Same on Instagram. Same on Facebook. Thank you again, Seth. Best of luck. And uh, until next time, brother. Thank you. Good talking to you. All right. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.